On today's episode of The Good, The Bad, and The Watchable, we talk about... Keep it playing. I don't care. We're, we got the Wham! documentary going on in the background. Cookie Rojas watching it. Uh, we talk about Barbie and Oppenheimer. That's right. We did Barbenheimer. We also have our guest, Gerometer. Jerry on the show. He joins us to talk about the experience that was these movies. If you haven't seen them, you can still listen to the episode. We don't go into spoilers quite yet. Not until at least 15, 20 minutes in. So before we get into it, let's talk about what you guys posted on our Instagram. And thank you so much for everybody who responded. What were the last movies you saw lately? Uh, let's get through them real quickly. Um, TMCAD24 saw Shutter Island. He said gas, of course. Um, saw same I ITSV before 1010. He also watched Ex Machina 8.9 out of 10. Um, Jackie Casey Jr. said, what is Juice's go-to candy in the theater? I haven't seen him eat much candy except Bunch of Crunch. He loves that. Haley Clark, Haley Rojas said, Avatar The Way of the Water. I want to live with the reef people. I agree. And Bella said, I saw Nick. It was gross. That was mean. That's hurtful. Uh, Car Ramrod said, I saw Barbie and my man. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat that. Uh, laughing. He fell off. <laughs> Something fell off while laughing. Probably won't watch it again anytime soon. 7.8 out of 10. Uh, B-Cat said, forgetting Sarah Marshall. As good as I remember, maybe better. And another person said, Barbenheimer with the mind blown emoji. Thank you guys. GBW pod on Instagram. Check us out on there. We post every now and then. All right, let's start the show. When my heart breaks. Some things have been happening that might be related. When my world shakes. Cold shower. Ooh. Falling off my roof. <laughs> And my heels are on the ground. <gasps> Flat feet! Hey, Barbie! Hey, Barbie! Hi, Ken. Hey, Ken. Hey, Ken. <laughs> Hey, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hey, Alan. <laughs> oh, Alan. Alan. Welcome. I'm definitely the Alan of this group here. That's for sure. Welcome to Good, Bad, and Watchable, Barbenheimer edition. It finally happened. It was uh, Christmas for movie fans. It happened July 21st. Um, all four of us have seen this movie. That's right. Four of us. We have a special guest today uh, alongside Nick Boyle, Mark Sisso. We have Jerry Libretti. Woo! Uh, the drometer is the with us. Um, Jerry. Welcome back. It's been a long time. Uh, can it's, you remind us? Too long. Remind the audience. When was the last time you were on? I know, way too long. I was on, I would say, I think it was Zack Snyder's Justice League a few years ago. That was a lengthy review. But, um, you know, this was a ginormous weekend for movies, and I had to, had to hop on with you guys. Absolutely. We had five hours worth of movie this weekend to discuss, as opposed to the four-hour version of uh justice league that we had uh beforehand uh but uh yeah no so um we we're gonna get into our discussion of barbie and then oppenheimer but uh you know if you haven't seen either movie yet uh we're gonna at least open the show to talk about our movie going experiences with these movies but uh in order to kind of let people who haven't seen these movies listen to our podcast a little bit but uh, once we get into the discussion of the movies, we are going to spoil the heck out of these movies, guys, because why not? I think this, these movies made over $300 million at the box office this week, so I figure a lot of people have seen it. But uh, let's start off. Jerry, since you're our guest, what was the experience like this weekend for you? I know you're out in California. Uh, Where did you see yeah. these movies? What was it like out there? So, I, so I've got, I went to a couple 
theaters this weekend. Where I saw Barbie was my home theater in Marina Del Rey. Um, people are dressing up for this movie. I think more people are dressing up for this movie than I've seen ever, than I saw for Star Wars, than I saw for Avengers. People are going absolute bananas. I went to see um, another movie at a major theater, which was Century City. It was crazy themed. People are all over the mall in these bright pink outfits. Same with The Grove. Um, so it's it's exciting to be a movie fan. It's exciting for everyone to dress up and play the bit. Guys are dressed up in pink suits. People are going all out, not just going cheap on this. So it was really cool. Um, I, I wore a pink shirt. I went with uh, a friend of mine who wore all black, uh, which I was surprised <laughs> to see. But um, it was it was a good time and. My theater wasn't too rowdy. I always like to get a rowdy theater. And I unfortunately also got a, uh, the, my Nicole Kidman promo was cut short. Uh, the uh, that yeah, they played. But, uh, no one, no one had a big freak out over that. Oh, that's too bad. You know, I'll, uh, I'll say this. Yeah. Um, you know, since, uh, you know, Hey Jerry, first of all, glad to have you back, pal. Thank you for having me. Uh, but I, I'm going to say similar all the way here on the East coast. I'm going to say uh, a lot of Barbie fans came out of the woodwork for this. And this is the first time in a while that it really felt like the movies were back. Like it's a big spectacle shared by all the fans. And like to Jerry's point, you know, you got people dressing up going all out. Right. And we haven't had that in years as a movie fan. This was great to see. It got me even more excited to see Barbie, just seeing all the other people dressed up. I know these two guys saw it with me, but, uh, and Jerry, you mentioned this. I, I, I was explaining to people today, percentage wise, I don't think I've seen that many people dress up for a movie before, percentage wise. Now, I, I, think- I, I feel the exact same way. And one, one other interesting tidbit I saw was that um, Barbie made more money on its opening weekend than both The Flash and Indiana Jones have in their entire run so far. <laughs> wow. That's, I didn't know why. that. I didn't know that either. That's I mean, awesome. <laughs> I mean, it might be a, a lot of factors, but, you know, and we, we've talked about superhero and IP fatigue, but it seems like the barrier of entry to Barbie was very low. You didn't need to see a movie before this. You just had to show up. Nope. Also, if, if we think about the costume thing, it was a lot easier to just find something pink to wear than, you know, if I'm going to see uh, Mortal Kombat and I'm trying to dress like Sub-Zero, <laughs> I got to go deep in my bag to find those outfits. But yeah, it was just... Yeah, I mean, these guys too can speak to it. Boyle, uh, Boyle can speak to it, but and, and Boyle, let's talk about it. Rowdiness of the crowd. You and I sat next to each other. I mean, people were yeah. fired up. I think that, like, I dressed up for Oppenheimer in just like a suit. There was somebody with like the full suit and the and the hat and everything. And then after that, going to Barbie, like I ran to my car. We, had, I mean, not run. We had plenty of time, but I changed in my car and uh, putting the pink on and everything. Going in, I was like, I don't know, like you're not really sure what to expect, but because our IMAX is on one side and our theaters on another side for like the normal like Barbie and all those other 2D movies. So we didn't really see the Barbie crowd when we did Oppenheimer. We did Oppenheimer first at 2 p.m. So when we did Barbie, we did 7.30. Everyone was in pink and it was just this light party and you know, the, the viewing experience during the movie, everyone che- like the, first of all, there were yeah, claps I was say, right before out it even started. That was yeah. a first. I had not seen that. Right out the beginning. Yeah. So I think between like people clapping the whole time, people laughing, people 
I mean, like awing when Alan's just sitting there and he's just like kind of like tearing up. I know we'll get into it later, but like even stuff like that, like it was just everything. I felt like we had such a great crowd that was just in it together. And I feel like I haven't felt that way since like Endgame with the amount of people and how people were into it. But dressing up wise, it definitely was the most I think probably since Harry Potter, we might have had more dress up. But I mean, even during Avengers movies, I don't feel like enough people, they might wear like a Marvel t-shirt. So I guess maybe, but it's been a long time. I, this was definitely the most like, I mean, people in dresses, not even just like wearing a pink t-shirt, like full dresses, yeah, they full were outfits, going all like, out. sequins, yeah. all that good stuff. Everything. Yep. So now, it was an experience to say the least. I'll never forget it for sure. Uh, one more, you know, maybe a handful of things here before we get into our reviews of the movie. Uh, Jerry, you obviously see movies in theaters that are a lot closer to the epicenter of Hollywood and people that are interested in the industry over here on the East coast. I feel, and, and, and Mark and Boyle and I, we see a lot of movies on off nights. You know, we see our IMAX movies typically on like Monday, you know, guys. So mm -hmm. it's not as packed. Jerry, did you get a sense that it was bringing a lot of people who don't go to the movies regularly to your theater? I there? think it was, I mean, so honestly, I'm I'm often surprised out here when I'll go to a movie and it'll be like a a movie I'm not expecting a big turnout for. So, um, like for instance, last night I saw Theater Camp. No crazy turnout. Not a lot of people talking about that movie. But from what I've heard, it's like almost hard to get tickets to Barbie. And I mean, I would say not too hard because there's it's playing like every hour at so many theaters. But um, if you want to plan a last minute trip to the movies like you used to when you were kids and you just show up, you're going to be out of luck. You're not going to get seats together. Um, people are coming out for this movie. And I think they will, uh, you know, I think there's a good chance people will go again to rewatch and, and pull into the bit a little more and dress up. And, and to Jerry's point, um, uh, like the last minute kind of stuff with our group, I, I know that Rojas was way out in front and he got his tickets very early and I was lazy getting my Barbie tickets. And there were about five tickets left in our theater when we went to go see it. And that was three weeks before the showing. Yeah. So, so people are coming out of the winter. We were like, we're doing it. He took the day off. I was like, I planned on doing it no matter what. So when I knew Ross was in, we did him right away. And Mark was like, Oh my gosh, there's like no seats. I don't, mine says general admission. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, like, I was worried about that. I got like the cheap seats like in the back, like tucked in the aisle. Like it was, it was a nail biter. And again, that was weeks before. So Jerry, you're completely right. People are coming out of the woodwork. No last minutes yeah. for this, at least for opening weekend. And and who knows how long the movie, I, I was talking with the guys today in, in a text today about who knows how long movie theaters as big business exists. You know, could they be become more boutique with less seats and and more comfy seating and it's not really as big of a deal in like the big pop, grand scheme of pop culture maybe 20 years from now mm -hmm. so i don't want to take any of these moments for granted but that was like a weekend where i was like you know what for maybe this is the last time something like this happens but this was awesome shifting gears to the oppenheimer experience um again jerry let's start with you what was that crowd like what was the attitude so I Honestly, I didn't see many people in Oppenheimer theme. I went with a group of people. Uh, no one in my group really dressed up. Um, you know, everyone, it was, it was very, it was, I mean, a whole different 
crowd. I think a lot of people probably saw both, of course, but when you're going to see Barbie, there's a lot of excitement. When you're going to see a Christopher Nolan movie, you're, you're very respectful. It's almost like walking into a church. Yeah. <laughs> everyone's quiet. Everyone's very, you know, they, you know, respectfully applauding at the end. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the only big differentiator for me for what I experienced. Now, Boyle and Mark, we usually sit in row E, sitting in the back row for this IMAX movie. Boyle, how we feel about it? I think we made the right choice going in, only because it was cool to really just the, for the for, you know, again, last time I did that, I said was Avatar. Usually we sit up super close, but the new Avatar, I sat way in the back, and I said for some visuals, it really is nice to sit way back. I would probably maybe do Oppenheimer again to get real close and see what that was like. I feel the same. Um, but I'm I'm not upset with it. I'm okay with our decision, um, especially because of the scenes where it kind of wiggles behind him and stuff like that. Can, that close might have messed with your head a little bit. Um, but besides that, I, I I was okay with our choice. I liked our. We got to feel the full screen, the full impact. And here's the other thing: surround sound. So like when the blast happens. The sound actually went from the from the front of the theater, like back up towards us. If you listened close enough, so like it was kind of a cool effect for us to have that. Love that back. attention to detail. Love I didn't that. even know the sound was coming. That came out of nowhere for me. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, I was like, it was so like, I, you know, stunning gets used a lot, but it was so stunning and beautiful to look at that all of a sudden when the sound hits, I was like, and, and if you have a good sound system, I was like, whoa, my gosh, like, yeah, you're like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> But I do appreciate his sound mixing when it comes to sound effects in his movies because there were things coming from like the left speaker or the right speaker. It's just remarkable. Mark, we, we made some friends at the uh, at the theater for this movie. No previews. We we're chatting it up with people. Overall, pretty good experience for you, I'd say. Yeah, it was good. Um, but uh, to answer the question, uh, I also thought it was a great decision to sit all the way in the back just to make sure that I, I like that our eyes didn't have to dart back and forth at all like we could just look straight ahead and see the entire picture and with you know a movie like Oppenheimer I think that's just extremely important being able to get the full picture and you don't want to miss any like sort of uh, detail which there's so much like detail and, and it's it, it, there's no other way to describe it than like an experience where you're really experiencing the movie rather than just kind of like looking at it where the visuals actually do matter. Mm -hmm. So like, I just really appreciated kind of being so far back and being able to take that in. Um, but to like Boyle's point too, like I'd go closer, but not that much closer. Like I feel like that movie kind of needs to be like, yeah. you know, a little like step back, I guess. I don't think I'd be in the fifth row like we are every week. But somewhere in the yeah. middle, Boyle, like you're saying, like yeah. at least a little bit closer to get maybe that a little bit more, almost want to be overwhelmed by it, but maybe it won't be as much since you kind of have already seen it. But last thing I'll say yeah. about that, just from, you know, because some people talk about the spectacle of the 70 millimeter versus IMAX versus seeing on the big screen. If you have the ability to see it on a very big screen, obviously do so. Um, if you don't have access to a 70 millimeter uh, screen, I don't say it's not the end of the world. It's not like the entire movie is shot in that format. It's still shot yeah. in IMAX, so it's still big. But don't feel like, man, you know what? I'm not even going to bother because I can't see it. it. Don't worry. That's not a big deal. Uh, last thing I'll say about just the experience is just it felt like a party uh, at the two o'clock screening. Like 
but obviously everyone knows that this movie is going to be serious, but there are people dressed up as, uh, you know, in their Barbie outfits, their Oppenheimer outfits. Like people were ready for the show that day. You know what I mean? So oh, there, was yeah. like, there was like a buzz in the theater, which was. Uh, and it was packed. Yeah, yeah not, not to cut you off, Nick, but that was funny. There were more people dressed up for Barbie. Yes. Then like people dressed up like Oppenheimer, which yeah. I thought was so, so funny. I was like, all right, you're clearly seeing Barbie after this too. Yeah, like, it was like yeah. it, there was no mistaking. Like like you said, the sequence dressed woman. Uh, Jerry, I'm a, I, I know AMC theaters are known for the kind of their great in theater displays, like in the lobby and stuff like that. We had just the big uh, Oppenheimer sign, which I've seen them. I've, I have not seen that many people take pictures in front of the signs after movies as we did the other day. But uh, Jerry, people taking photos uh, in front of some display, uh, displays there. Uh, yeah, the, for the Barbie display, um, people were shooting in front of that. I, there, there was a lot of big Oppenheimer things, but every theater in LA had the Barbie open boxes where you can step in. They had a lot of the costumes. So a lot of people were, were taking pictures or lines around, around the theater for each little uh, step and repeat. So jealous. That sounds awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I wish we had some of that. Me too. That would have been sick. Well, all right. So this is where we stop with the non-spoiler stuff uh, before we get into it and maybe people listening will stop the podcast. Now uh, I will say this before we go, I think it's safe to say that if based off the trailers, if you think you're interested in either of these movies, you will probably like these movies. Is that mm. fair to say? For this group? Yeah. I think yeah, so. I would say yes. Yeah. I think if you think if you're into biopics, Oppenheimer, you know, if you, Love your big splashy colors. You like, you know, some Barbie. You like general fun. fun. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, I'm trying to think like the aesthetic uh, pink. It just comes to mind. Uh, yeah. If you like Margot Robbie, you probably like this movie. But all right, let's get into our review of Barbie. Um, this is a spoiler review. So I suppose if you have already seen the movie, I don't need to repeat uh, what this movie is about. Uh, just know that it just made a boatload of money this weekend. Um, <laughs> you could probably look online to see all the records it broke. I'm not going to uh, waste our time and, and talk about it now, but uh, Greta Gerwig directed Margot Robbie starring Ryan Gosling, a bunch of other people in this movie. I'll just uh, start off uh, real quickly. And then I'm just going to pass around, start with our guest Jerry here, but I really like this movie. Uh, borderline loved it. I had a great time with it and I'll, I'll talk about my review and score later on, but man, I really enjoyed this movie a lot. Um, I think seeing it with the pack crowd definitely kind of, helped me like it probably more um for sure as most movies i enjoy more with the more people in the crowd but um i really enjoyed this movie uh let's get into some more deeper thoughts here uh jerry what'd you think barbie so i also really liked it but i, I love uh greta gerwig's past movies so i was really excited for this what i will say is it wasn't what i thought it would be i saw the trailers and i said okay this is this is barbie meets elf this is barbie it's the real world you know, learn so much about the real world and, you know, whoever's playing with her, solving that problem. And they really pivoted from that hard and uh, went back to Barbie land and, you know, made it a little bit more about the patriarchy, which I wasn't expecting as heavy as it was. But I, I was enjoying the whole movie. Um, and again, if you guys didn't see, it was a 7.9 on the durometer. wasn't my strongest for Greta, but easy to sit through pretty harmless and um i i enjoyed watching it i'd probably give it another watch but i it's not something i would i would own and like keep and you know 
rewatch and rewatch. You're not going to get the titanium box set uh, that goes I'm on sale in Newberry Comics. <laughs> what's that? What's that material they always sell? Like the Star Wars movies in like After Effects? Steel book. Thank you. Yeah, like- yeah. <laughs> Imagine a steel book for Barbie. Like, wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> sure. Uh, Mark, Mark, your thoughts on Barbie? We talked. I was going to say, let's go boil next. Okay. You know what? All right. That's fair. Boyle, let's give your thoughts because you. Not to give, not to tip your hand a little bit, but you uh, you gave it a very high score here. Uh, before we hand it off to Boyle, I want to say this: when the, the credits started to roll, uh, the first thing I said was like, "This is a Boyle movie. Like, he he's gonna love this one." As somebody who sat next to Boyle, I actively the entire time was like, "This is a Boyle movie." Uh, 100%. I actively during this movie multiple times looked over at Nick and just, just like started dancing or something like <laughs> that's that, that's accurate. We were we were fighting. Then some, I we were fighting some, be like classic Alan. <laughs> that is by the halfway through the movie. We well one more thing, Jerry. We didn't talk about this in the experience thing. Both Boyle and I were dealing with bad bo on both sides of us. Oh, um, oh man! The person who I saw it with, uh, my girlfriend, was sitting next to someone who anytime she lifted her arm. We had a little warm front come through uh, right over her uh, think pink Barbie inspired cocktail uh, shout to showcase <laughs> cinemas uh, did, did not add to the experience. It actively took away, but uh, all right, Boyle go for it. So yeah. And then my side, same thing. Like I just had somebody who had bad video, but um, I loved this movie. <laughs> I, I think because I just knew it was going to be a good experience. The minute everyone started clapping. Even the pre-clap, I was like, I was taken aback. I was like, pre-clap. okay, all right. Like, because as Jerry, as you mentioned earlier, like I love a crowd. Like I like, I like when people are feeling it and I felt we haven't had that in so long. So it was really refreshing. And just to see everyone walking in, like we were there a couple minutes early to watch people walk in and running late or whatever. So just seeing person after person, that vibe already, I was into it. Um, but there was just so much to take away from this movie, right? Like the costumes so well done. I loved them highlighting different costumes that Barbies would wear, not only during the movie in some fun little way, but also at the end in the credits too, as well, playing through and showing all the characters, things they were wearing were literally designed specifically off Barbie things. Like I love that attention to detail. Um, I love the cameo cameos that are in it. Big one for me, John Cena. That cracked me right Basically up. Was, Jerry. Yeah. yeah, Jerry was a mermaid in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was, like, I was just like, Jerry's here? Oh, there's, there's a reason you can't see me now. Yeah, <laughs> I literally made that joke. I looked over at Ross. I go, do you think anyone actually saw him? It was such a bad joke. Um, in the movie. Yeah, so... The I just felt the songs and music were really fun, like too. Like I I I am I'm one to stay away from an, a soundtrack before I go into a movie. Um, I, I like to hear it in the movie for the first time, kind of like a Guardians movie. I know people who would listen to the soundtrack first. I'm like, I don't care if the movie's already made or the song's already made. Like I want it. I want to experience it when I see the movie. It just it makes a bigger impact. So a lot of the songs, like even in the beginning with Lizzo and like she's playing the song that like you could listen to on the album. But then it's funny because then they do it again the next morning and now she's changed all the lyrics and it just like little things like that. I was loving the lyric change was funny. Very yeah. good. Yeah. Um, the I know Mark will talk about it later, so I won't take it right now. But the I'm Ken song, like all I thought everything was so well placed and well done 
where it didn't take away from the movie. It just enhanced it. The dance scene, everyone's having a great time, huge dance battle. Then like, you know, has anyone thought about dying? And everyone just stops like <laughs> that cracked me up. Like, even though I saw it in the trailer, I just wasn't really expecting it in the moment. So I just, I don't know. I like, I thought the script and the sets and everything was really well done. I know a lot of people have problems about the monologue and the almost wokeism of it or whatever, but like, I didn't think that it was that bad. I thought a lot of things that the mom was saying was actually very heartfelt. I thought a lot of the things with the mom and the daughter, just the essence of that relationship, like mother daughter relationships, but also how important that doll was to just so many wonders of people, even with the old lady, the creator at the end, like, I loved that stuff. And to finish off, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling were fantastic and should get like great nominations for it. Why not? But I'll do you one better. I still think Michael Sarah stole, stole the show. Like I thought Alan was amazing. I want an Alan Barbie t-shirt. That's what I want. He killed me. Um, but Greta Gerwig, I don't, I don't think it's the best movie she's ever made. However, I also do think that it is one of her tops. I did really enjoy it. And I did give this a high score, which I'll give later, but um, I just had such a fun time with it. Uh, I just want to quickly add, uh, Boyle mentioned this and I think I mentioned this in my review on letterbox. The, I think when I'm going to think back on this movie, two things, one, the sets, I love the Barbie land sets so much. I mm. thought that was so cool that that was, uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of it was hand built. Obviously some things ha probably had to be blue screened or whatever, but love the sets, love the craftsmanship in building out those sets. And, uh, second thing, and this is, I, I don't think I've ever said this about a Greta Gerwig movie, albeit I've only seen three other of her movies. Um, this is like the first movie of hers that I've seen where I think, a, and maybe it's just because I'm a guy, but I felt like Ryan Gosling stole the show in this movie. Like I, it took me probably a day after the fact. And I was listening to a podcast where I was like, yeah, you know what? Margot Robbie had like a really great performance because she has to act as a sentient doll. But the mm -hmm. first thing that I thought of when leaving that movie was like, oh my God, Ryan Gosling was hysterical yeah. in that movie. Yep. It, he was just so funny. So, um, those and now he said his inspiration for that movie was just, uh, he saw a Ken doll laying down in some dirt that cracked me up. Yeah. <laughs> like, like and, and, yeah, there were just articles that I think of people saying like, he was just made to do this. Like people who saw him auditioning and stuff too. said so he was just like, it was unreal. That was my brother, Austin, his, uh, first thoughts after seeing the movie, he messaged our family group and he said, Ryan Gosling was born to play that movie and it's hard to disagree. But Mark, we wanted to clear out some space for you to talk about maybe the thing we're most going to take away from this movie this summer. Your thoughts. All right. I, you know, I wanted to kind of back clean up here because I, I think I'm a happy medium in this. I had a great time in this movie. Great time. Now I had some issues and I'd like to start with the issue first because <laughs> I can wrap it up with my positives. <laughs> right. But like out the gate, um, I mean, I'm going to say the jokes landed about 70% of the time. I thought some were a little too like in your face and on the joke, which I thought was a good part of the movie. But like at some times it was like, all right, like we get it. Like you're in on the joke. All right. Um, there was a couple like storylines and characters that just were totally unnecessary and like not needed. So I was thinking to myself, like, you know, what's the point? But at the same time, like what you guys were saying, like the set pieces, the bright colors, the ridiculous, just like, 
I, I don't want to say stunts, but like, like uh, animatronics, like sort of to it, like that kind of keeps you grounded. And I know there's some complaints about either like, you know, agendas or a, a message or whatever. Guys, it's a movie about a toy. Like, <laughs> if you're taking it that seriously, like go get a job. <laughs> like some people got real problems. Like, like yeah, don't, don't, don't look to this as like your moral compass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I had a, I had a great time. The jokes for the most part were landing with me. Um, so let me get to the positives. Uh, the cast, I thought they did great. Like everybody in their role was just like fantastic. Uh, Margot Robbie uh, was just a phenomenal stereotypical Barbie. I, I don't, I really don't think you could do better than casting her. Uh, like you guys said, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Uh, Ryan Gosling, to me, absolutely stole the show. Like, nobody cares about Ken. Nobody. Nobody ever has. Nobody probably would have until this, like, <laughs> this portrayal from an extremely talented actor. Mm. Like, uh, Song of the Summer will be uh, I'm Just Ken. Like it's it's okay to be just Ken, yeah. and I think that is the takeaway. Like he was right; it's always Barbie and Ken. Yes, like the, it, the movie is Barbie. The title is Barbie. He didn't even get the and Ken underneath, not even in small print, nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was like the realization that you know what? That's okay. <laughs> That's fine. I'm just Ken, right? Mm -hmm. Hold on, let me just. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> for those listening at home, was, Mark just put was, on a second yeah. pair of sunglasses. Yeah, there, there was so much to like about this movie. I thought it was really lighthearted. Um, I think as long as you don't take it that seriously, you're going to have a great time. Yeah, just like I did. Um, I didn't give this the strongest score, but I think if I'm at home and I'm doing chores and I'm surfing through the channel guide and I see it on. I'm throwing it on. Mm. It's one of those types of movies for me. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought it was a great, like I had a great time. Yeah. Great time. I think Mark building off that in six months, I'm definitely going to be pulling up on YouTube. Uh, Ryan Gosling, best moments, Barbie on YouTube and, mm -hmm. and playing one of those. Uh, there were so many good one liners from mm -hmm. that movie too, from all the characters, like ancillary characters, um, the Barbies and the Ken's, they all like, I know this is a cliche thing to set, say, but they definitely understood their quote unquote assignment, their role in this yeah. movie. And, and they played it so well, uh, like the rivalry between Simu Liu and Ryan Gosling is something I'm going to be thinking about. Hilarious. Like, so funny. So they're so dumb. I, I like like the dumb. I, I, I thought the dumb and just like Ryan Gosling, like going into the real world. And he was like, whoa, patriarchy, this rules. <laughs> but it's showing like, like, Rocky, Rocky one, yeah. Rocky two, Rocky three. <laughs> men and horses. Just yeah. Yeah. Men and horses. Like, <laughs> the TVs at the houses with all the horses yes, on them killed me. The entire, like they're just going to sleep at night. It's just horse stuff. <laughs> and then when, when the Kens had like the Ken civil war. Yeah. And they just like flex at each other and they were like sending <laughs> the other one across. I was like laughing so hard and no one around me was. <laughs> I was like, I was like, are you guys not seeing this? That is a very you <laughs> that's a very you sense of humor, Mark. Like that kind of stuff right there. Mm -hmm. Just yeah, the, well, like, the flexes, like they flex just... each other, 
sparkles come out and then they just like fly in opposite directions. Like, come on, this is great. <laughs> so good. Uh, Call, calling beers, brewski, brewski beers. Every yeah, single time. Beers. Love that. Oh, Mojo so Dojo Casa House. <laughs> the the fact that they're like, oh my god, that's so stupid. And then they's like, oh, we're selling these like hotcakes. They're off the charts. Okay, yeah, we're, we're selling make, a million. Yeah. <laughs> make more. It's making so much money. Much money. <laughs> Sell them. <laughs> so stupid. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, in in six months, what do you think is going to be something you remember about this movie? Hmm. I don't really. I don't really think back on too many movies unless. I mean, I, I think I'll, I'll think of it fondly and want to rewatch it because a lot of the times when I'll see a movie twice, I'll, I'll pick up on so much more. And I think this had a, so many of those Easter eggs. One thing I will say that I, I think was unnecessary was the entire uh, Will Ferrell Mattel plot. Thank line, you. Because yeah. So much on. They didn't really need that like push of comedy in there. And like it, you, you were sort of like, OK, what are those guys doing in Barbie land right now? Like all this stuff's going on and nothing's happening. Yeah. Right I agree. Yeah. yeah it's Jerry, that that's kind of what I was uh, uh, hinting at when I brought up just unnecessary storylines. Like, yeah. I, I don't get why they were there. It, it, I did chuckle like a couple times, like when they showed up and like said something stupid, but just really unnecessary. And, like, was, like who threw them in there? If they got, stuck, I will say, yeah, well, I was just going to say like, I feel like you definitely could have done that without, like them being in it whatsoever. But I will say it like there were, like you said, like Will Ferrell had a couple one liners that were funny, but the one that made me crack up was when he was getting tickled and he's like, I just want to all tickle. And they all start tickling him. And one of the guys, oh, the intern tries to him and he goes, oh, come on, dude, get up. <laughs> he's like, he's like, what, what are you doing? What are you Don't doing? Look. Stop. <laughs> like, so, but I could totally see how like you could pretty much get away with never having to do that. Well, you and also, why wasn't like, the woman that made the CEO at the end or anything, she just didn't even get a job or it was so weird. Like they, I felt like they were building that up and then they're like, no, you can design the next Barbie and that's it. Yeah. I, I'd like to end on, on that one. Like there too, the, the one that was a big head scratcher for me was there was just, they had it all set up. It was, it was right there to put a bow on it. Like the Ken's could have like learned something and then just like did it like yeah. at the end. Yeah. So it was like, it, like it was right there, and it was like subservient. Yeah, when, yeah. yeah. It, 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 it was just kind of odd to me because it was all right there, like it was in the story, and it's like okay, like just. I think what they revert right back. The one thing that was solved was that they he puts the mink coat on the the guy that was from Secret Invasion, right? And he says, "Yeah, he's like we need to." And that's, I guess, the one conflict that gets resolved is that we should not be fighting against each other right that's kind of yeah that's like the one kind of thing like, like the, I, yeah like that that was good but i thought yeah well, that's about like, as far even as they though went that was the it. first thing that was brought up yeah like there's a so obviously much when the ken's yeah when the, it's like ken land kingdom <laughs> kendom land Kendom. or whatever yeah. they call it, which was like so funny yeah but the four horse it, it was like more yeah, it was just like it was. It was kind of right there uh, for like that character arc to kind of be there, and they just kind of like threw it out yeah. the window. Yeah, I, so I thought I, that was odd. I'll right. tell you, it was hard to watch his character though, Kingsley Benadire, because 
I'm watching him in Secret Invasion every week, and he's the bad guy, and he's supposed to be this lovable Ken and Barbie. And now he's like hilarious, yeah. like a the, hilarious neon Ken. Yeah, it was just so timing, hard to the see. The timing that. is odd. I'm like, oh, I'm so like, if like if, C- if Killian Murphy just like showed up, like in in, in Barbie, like and was Killian like, Murphy, Oppenheimer, Ken. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, you know what? We should blow up Barbie Land. <laughs> it's like, okay, dude, chill out. <laughs> give, give me your top scientists. We'll, Here's how we we're can gonna do this. nuke Barbie Land. <laughs> <laughs> this Ken's new. Um, I, um, and, and this could be a discussion for another day, but like definitely like six months, a year from now, uh, it, it's probably going to be Ryan Gosling, honestly. And, uh, and, and Margot Robbie, um, hopefully getting some kind of a nomination for playing a, a doll. But for me, oh, Mark. Yeah. I'm going to say, uh, to your point on that, Margot Robbie went so hard in this role for like, it's one of those ones where it's like, wow, you did such a good job, but it's like also like no reason. Yeah. Like, it's like this film won't be taken that. He just I, I, hope it, I hope it is. I hope it is. But like she did such a good job in this role. Like nailed it. Yeah. Jerry, you said something? I said he just had fun with it. Like Jason Momoa did with uh, Fast X. Like you could see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like let's, yeah. Let You know what? Let me like lean way into this. Yeah. So for me, uh, eight out of ten, Jerry. What'd you say? Seven point seven nine. Yeah, seven point nine. The thermometer. Uh, Mark, your score. I went like hard seven, so I'd say seven and a half for me. All right, a hard seven. Love that. Hard seven. Boyle, your score. Ten out of ten. I'm sticking with it. Wow! <laughs> wow! Boyle, I, I knew Boyle would love it. Boyle, Boyle I, love this I movie. almost lowered my score, and I'm like, I can't. Like, I, I'm genuinely excited to see this movie again. Well, I sat next to you the entire movie. Anything less than a ten from you would have been betraying your own moral <laughs> compass. You uh, yeah. and to and Mark and and Mark wasn't sitting next to us, Jerry and Jerry. Obviously, you were on the West Coast. The glee that was in this man's eye to oh, left of me that. during the entire movie. He was so, and I was right there with him, so happy too. But that's the most I think I've seen Boyle enjoy a movie since Endgame. So, yeah. Well, uh, and like, if you could this. imagine those stars that were coming off the Kens, those were coming from my eyes as I was walking. <laughs> that, that is so. <laughs> I thought it's all. So, uh, every let's get to favorite parts of the movie. Oh, yes. uh, for me, I think like if you say, "What am I going to take away?" Like in six months from now, is I'm just Ken, mm. Ryan Gosling, the Kens. The choreography. I'm just the lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like you think I'm not getting that shirt? Like, <laughs> no way. I'm totally getting a I'm Knuff shirt. Like it's it's yeah. hilarious. And you know what? That's a good message too. You're enough with yeah. who you are. You know what? If you're having a tough day, just look in that mirror and just remember you're Knuff. Always. Yeah. See the man behind the tan. <laughs> you're you're enough. Him and his blonde fragility. Uh, just best original <laughs> song. If that isn't nominated, if, if it's not like at least nominated, I'm gonna riot. Well, I did like a tweet that uh, someone said, uh, "I'm just Ken versus the Bowser, uh, Jack Black Bowser song for Ooh, best original that's song." That's a heavyweight match. That is a heavyweight match. That's matchup. a heavyweight matchup. Jerry, what would you pick? Yeah, Jerry appears to be muted. So we'll let him marinate on that one. No, but for me, I'm just Ken. Yeah. What was the debate between what and what? We're yeah. saying uh, Peaches by Bowser or I'm just Ken by Ken. 
I think peaches is more, it has more, uh, you know, trend or viral ability, but I think, uh, you know, the Ken song is more everlasting. It, it had a, like a West side story kind of dance routine with it too. So mm, that kind of, that kind of maybe pushes it over the edge, but we can't, we can't just ignore peaches just because that happened three months ago. That was, that was amazing too. I mean, Jack Black is a national treasure. Boyle, you, right. look you know what's like funny you about um, I'm just Ken is I was listening to this, to it earlier today, and it's funny when there's like this, there's a giant part in the song that's just the music and like no words, you know, till he sings again, and I'm literally the, the, the playing, background words. So no, but hold on, I'm literally playing the back in my head like the full dance routine they were doing because it's that scene and it's in between and like so no words have to be said because i can just picture them doing the dance i'm like oh this is the dance scene like it was just i just think it's so well done peach is very like it's good but it's very one like i don't know it's very short very quick very little thing whereas this is like a full length song dance like you said west side story sort of yeah with Boyle's point too, like there's some like really funny like background vocals. Yes. Where it's like, can you yes. feel the Kennergy? Can yeah. you feel the Kennergy? And I'm like, yes, Kennergy. Like, <laughs> feed me. <laughs> um, like, just to, especially the end, like when they add on like the extra Ken verse with all the other Kens coming in, where he's like, I'm just kidding. So, so am I. Right. Yes. He's like, put that manly hand in mine. He's like, we're like, we're not. It was so funny to me. Oh, the, the uh, theater, theater level. Song of the summer. Yeah. Well, we're going to go from Kennergy to atomic energy here, guys with Oppenheimer. Wait, wait. I want to say my, boy, my favorite, my transition boil. No, my favorite scene is the, the Allen scenes. And I think that is going to be well, well remembered. You can't when have the, plural favorite scene. <laughs> Yeah. Objection. <laughs> no ties. Uh, yeah, the motion to deny. <laughs> Put them all together. That's it. Fair enough. If it if it fits in one YouTube no, I'm with video Jerry. Counts. Motion to deny. <laughs> um. All right. So Oppenheimer again. Like we're uh we're gonna spoil Oppenheimer here as well. Um. Again, if you have seen the movie, you know what it's about here. Three hour biopic about uh. Robert J. Oppenheimer is it J. Robert? Whatever. Anyway, J. Uh, Robert Oppenheimer. Yes, and uh, the father of the atomic bomb. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into the entire movie here, but uh, so I'll just quickly just start off with my quick thoughts. I think this was Christopher Nolan's best movie since it, I'm going to say The Dark Knight. I'm going to say The Dark Knight. I left that movie being blown away by a man who I've seen almost all of his movies, with the exception of The Following, which I've never seen. But I'm seeing someone who is in complete control of how to tell a movie on a big stage and add stakes. And he's done this before. Tell a true story where you know the result and still add insane amount of tension to it. Um, I love this movie. I was hanging on for every single scene um, for all three hours, which never felt long for me. I never checked my watch. I, I just love this movie. Um, I'll get to my score later. But again, this is my favorite movie. Uh, of the year the best i think he's done since uh the dark knight so uh again let's let's switch it up now boyle your quick thoughts on oppenheimer oh thank you mark appreciate that we have an uh-huh. opportunity for mark no way go start with mark <laughs> All right, mark, mark 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 now you're in your oppenheimer uh mode uh, just just quick thoughts on oppenheimer so uh quick thoughts um 
I get nervous when it's historical biopic, like sort of uh, dramatized sort of movies, right? Because I'm not sure what the direction is going to be. Are they going to stick close to the history? Are they going to, you know, play it up to make a more interesting movie? This one, I was just so happy with. Um, there was so many moments that I knew about just um, just uh, from my own uh, research background, uh, whatever we want to call it. Like some things that I was excited for that I, and they did it like within the movie. So like, like Leo me like pointing at the screen, like, ah, they did it. Like stuff that actually is like documented and happened in history. So I, I really appreciated that. I think this is, uh, you know, like a movie or like a film, like a cinephile. Like if, if you're one of those people, like you really appreciate like the art behind movies this is your movie. There's just so many good things to say about it. Um, I don't think that would be the same for like a casual fan. Uh, and I know it sounds like pretentious, but it's just like, it, it, it's one of those kind of movies where you like every thing that goes into it, the directing, the writing, the acting from like every single character, how the story is told, like just like just the way they did everything in this movie was amazing. Amazing. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've also had those same thoughts of, of like, man, if when I describe this movie, it's going to sound pretentious, but it's the only way I can explain how I feel about this movie. Um, and, and just, uh, sorry to, uh, cut back in. Well, like we mentioned earlier, kind of like the box office numbers. Yeah. Like, like stuff like that. And it really makes sense to me that like Barbie would totally outdo like this kind of movie. But that's not to take away like how like fantastic Oppenheimer is mm -hmm. and will be. Like Oppenheimer, to me, this movie will be remembered. This will be talked about. I think it's going to be like brought up in like film study like college classes like going forward i think it's that good yeah i have almost like zero complaints about this movie same like it, it's extremely hard for me like if i'm trying and like trying to be nitpicky it's gonna be hard for me yeah i feel the same way boil boil you're uh quick thank you mark your quick thoughts boil on opnover no, I think Mark talked about a lot of the things that we talked about off air and that I think this will be used for film studies forever. I think the contrasting, the, the way Nolan knows how to make a story and how to tell a story is just beautiful. Like I sent that clip earlier today of him explaining uh, Memento in the linear way and the back linear way and all that stuff. Like it was so, by the way, it was so cool to watch. So then you think about Tenant, you think about this, you think about Interstellar, you think about Oppenheimer, like all these movies are like, he just has such a beautiful, brilliant mind and just knows how to execute. Like he knows how to just bring it to the screen and make it happen. And he knows how to hire. He also knows how, wow, 
he could have gotten two big people and he could have gotten a rest of nobodies, but no, he got like, I think we, someone shared that tweet. I don't know which text group or anything, but it was like, was it like, there's going to be like 13 nominations for supporting actors and actresses after this movie because <laughs> everyone else in this movie is just as good as Killian and as Robert Downey Jr. However, I, I, I think like jump in and do it, but you're, you're like, you're so right. Like that, it was an ensemble cast and i mentioned this like when we were leaving that i was worried that you're just wasting so much good talent but they didn't waste a single character like no. everybody that they brought in like big names everyone did their role they nailed it like they went above and beyond i don't mean, it doesn't matter how much screen time they got but when they were on a screen it worked it all worked it was like yeah. uh, Kanye West, that, all the lights. It was like all the lights because you know you had Rihanna, Fergie, Elton John, and it was making the boat the best out of all those people. Uh, I, know I mean, when you have stretch, like, but there you go. No, I know what you're saying. I mean, like, I don't even like Rami Malek, and I thought like his little part was still fantastic. Josh Harnett, like, haven't seen him in something in for, forever. Um, Benny, Benny, he came out of nowhere and crushed. Yeah. Betty Safdie, is how you say his last name, but like I thought he really did a good job too. Like every single person, and obviously Florence Pugh, Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, like everyone did the best job I think they could do on it on the on the camera. And it was just and it just showed. And but I mean Robert Downey Jr., I thought just did a miraculous job. I mean, he just I could just watch him on on camera all the time. So overall, everyone did great. The sounds and visuals are breathtaking. I know we're going to talk about the explosion and everything in a few, but my first thoughts are everything overall. I mean, like Mark said, every like directing act, everything was just like brava, brava. So, Jerry, what'd you think of Oppenheimer? I so I went in. I didn't know the, like the full history of his story, let alone um, just like the, the great history behind the bomb itself. Um, but if, what I said was if anyone else directed this movie, if, if Guy Ritchie, if anyone else said, I'm going to make a three hour epic biopic, I, I would have fallen asleep so hard during it. And I was so surprised with how constantly just captivated and understanding. And there's so much going on, uh, with this movie that I was, and I just found it so enjoyable while surface level, it might seem like it's, it's going to be so dry and it was such a such a crazy true story of all the the politics behind it and how the government turned on him and all that that it's it's hard to believe that's actually what happened but it played out like someone was writing a drama and i just i loved it i i gave it a 9.3 on the durometer um i think it's going to be like our generation's amadeus like our generation's dare i say citizen kane it was just fantastic. And like you guys said, everyone absolutely crushed it. And I didn't even know that was Benny Safdie until you mentioned that. I just looked him up. I was like, oh shit, that's, that's yeah. Benny Safdie in the movie. And also the guy behind Uncut Gems. Mm -hmm. I found it Uncut very And, you know, for so many movies, so many movies nowadays are three hours long. And this is one of the ones that should have felt longer than anything and didn't. That, that's such I, a great I'll point. say that, like, uh, to Jerry's point, this flew like with the pacing. Everything mattered, and it was fast. Like, we were on the edge of our seat. Like we wanted to see what was happening next. 
it was very uh it was like adjacent to how people binge like a netflix show or like a streaming show yeah. it was like oh like i watched eight episodes in a day yeah and it, was, it wasn't hard like this this movie they knew what they were doing all business there was no really like fluff to the story but which i just thought was like fantastic i will say that that was my only like little problem was <clears throat> I needed bathroom breaks. <laughs> like I'll admit and, and Endgame I didn't have a problem with, but like, you know, multiple viewings of Endgame, I bet there was one of the nights I had a problem. But in this movie, like I had to run out and there was almost this time towards the end. I almost had a second time I needed to run out. Um and I but I just didn't want to miss anything either. And I felt like every scene was like so important or like the dialogue would be so intense that like, if I miss some, I miss something, right? Like when they were even ex- explaining some of the science behind the atomic bomb, uh, atomic bomb earlier on and all the scientists are in the room, they're talking. I was like, man, I really wish I had my subtitles right now because there's just so much information you're getting at this one time. I'll and I just spoil. really, yeah. Well- if I hear you 100%, I read the book and I still am wishing that I understood how this, you could read the book and I'm, I was like reading the parts and I'm like, I still don't understand. Yeah, think- Boyle, when you were in, when you were in the bathroom after the movie, uh, yeah. Nick and I, like one of the first things we brought up were like, we definitely missed like a couple key pieces of dialogue just because Nolan loves sound and he yeah. just yeah. sounds over it. And yeah. like some of those sounds that are not important to him are dialogue. He's like, yeah, people talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to some of these sounds behind that, though. Yeah. So, boy, here's I'm, some incredible music. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you're right. Because you see, like, lips moving. It's like, dude, like, like yeah, I, can't I don't know what he said, but okay. Is this important? All right. No, vibes. Keep going. Um, <laughs> so, boy, I'm I, vibes. no, but I, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, the, especially the I was going into this movie being like, maybe I'll actually understand how this bomb works because I did, I did not understand it in the book. And I'm watching the movie. I go, missed it again. I still, I still <laughs> like, what's this chemical reaction? And then boom, how I, about our, our guest, Jerry? Yes. Did you have any background knowledge going into this? Like, did you like have a, a grand idea of like, what we were going into witness reading the book or a Wikipedia article? Oh, or something? absolutely not. I went in very blind. And now, so like, uh, what, what were your expectations of someone going yes. in just so blind? Like, obviously, the trailer I makes was it clear, blind. like, we're blowing something up. Yeah, I was nervous. So, you know, I respect Christopher Nolan so much that I was almost worried. I was like, I hope I'm not, you know, really bored in this. Uh, like, when I saw Tenant, I saw it when I was exhausted in theaters and I was, you know, trying to focus on it. And then this, it, it, it gripped me. I was I was able to follow it, and it's a lot. I feel like maybe a lot of his movies just sort of throw you into it, and that he's like, "All right, you gotta start running and catch up, so you can understand who each player is." And I felt that here, but I, I felt like I was able to catch on pretty quick and keep up with the pace. So um, I, another, I'll, I'll say that too. Like yeah. the way the way that they chose to tell the story, like the the big picture is creating like the atomic bomb. But the story was told like through the political eyes where they're like, what, what's like the back channels, like backroom handshake deals, like how, like how they actually get stuff done. 
like worrying about like you know spies other countries like you know blah 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 that kind of stuff and i thought their decision to tell it through those eyes made it much more interesting than like you know the science behind it one of the things i want to bring up mark like you said the editing in this movie or the the choice to structure the movie like this and we said this after the movie was masterful because it could very well and we know christopher nolan doesn't like to do this but it could have very well been a linear story and just like and that would have been i think probably incoherent i think a movie like this needed some of the scenes intercut like it did in this movie where uh the the attorney rob was his name his last name is rob is interrogating all these people in his life and that kind of helps tell the narrative of the story uh leading up to the building of the bomb and all that i think the editing choice for that and and the robert downey jr scenes was amazing and necessary just just phenomenal yeah Uh, and like the choice to go between uh full color and black and white Mm -hmm. Uh, I, i read something today when it said black and white was like objective, like this is like what objectively was happening. And then anything in color was from like Oppenheimer's point of view. Mm. So it makes them look like so much more positive. And like the black and white, it's kind of like the real world, like outside observer, like kind of looking in and like seeing what's going on. Yeah. 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 Cause that was, it documented it was like a congressional hearing obviously for the cabinet appointment that's all the other Mm -hmm. stuff is is based off memories really um because the way the book is structured the book was started to be written in 1980 and um the guy who co-wrote the book he's no longer with us uh was interviewing people from oppenheimer's life in 1980 that's uh 35 years after the bomb had dropped you know what i mean so you're dealing with people who you know maybe some of the memories start to get a little bit fuzzy hazy And that, that, yeah, Mark, I'm glad you brought that up because if, if you didn't know that going into the movie, it doesn't say that, but it does help to know that. Right. And, and we talked about this uh, before going in, like, uh, and Jerry, I know that um, you're in kind of the same boat that Boyle was in. Uh, I like read up on the history, like behind this. And I was really looking forward to like certain uh, like lines, like, uh, in history or certain exchanges that were going on. And I was very happy that they, like they include a couple of them. It's like a mental uh, checklist. Like president, yeah. Like president Harry S. Truman, like when they did that one, like that happened. Uh, just having Gary Oldman do it too. I was like, yes. Mm. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> like, almost like a fist bump moment for me. Just like, wow. All right. Like they're sticking to it. Boyle, let's uh, have you be our uh, kind of liaison into d- the discussion about the, I think the scene that we're all going to remember from this movie, if we're talking about the six months from now thing, Boyle, start us off your thoughts on the Trinity, Trinity test, that whole sequence. I think that's like a, it's like a 25, 30 minute sequence in this movie. Uh, what what were your thoughts on that? Um, At first, <clears throat> I, I think you're expecting what we see in action movies you're expecting to see the explosion and just be giant and from the distance and then a little up close if they could and then just like all, all this sound or whatever like that but i mean they really stuck to as true as it probably could have been where you felt the anxieties of all of these characters that you've been watching leading up to it the scientists 
him, you know, everyone that was there and involved watching and waiting. And even the phone call at home later, you know, like, you know, you can take the sheets in or whatever. Um, but that lead up and the light and all, and then you see, you keep seeing it and it's very quick, but you see it from every single person's perspective. You hear it then afterwards from every perspective, you know, perspective, but when it's just complete silence and all you hear is Oppenheimer's breathing and that. So when someone says it's a breathtaking movie, I mean, quite literally, because all of a sudden in the matter of seconds, that sound was gone breath. And you just got overwhelmed with this giant explosion of sound. And even just like the flashes of the, the fire and flame and stuff like that. Like it was just, it was awesome. It was just, it really was breathtaking. You're just like, wow. Okay. I just sat through that. Wow. You know, yeah. then right, going, hold on guys. Uh, our prestigious guest <laughs> has another commitment coming oh. right up. So we're going to let him do his final thoughts and then, oh. uh, you know, Go ahead. send him on his way. Thank Sounds you, good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Jerry, you have the floor. Yeah. I mean, thank you guys so much again for having me. What a, what a weekend for cinema. Um, Barbie Oppenheimer, both incredibly strong. I saw a tweet saying how crazy it would be if, if it's like RDJ versus Ryan Gosling for best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, RDJ takes it. I, I hope so. he was, he killed it. But, yeah. um, yeah, those are my final thoughts. Thanks for having me. I have to jump now, but, uh, looking forward to hearing this episode when it's out. Jerry, thank you so it. much. Check everyone. Check out Drometer on Instagram, Drometer reviews. Rated G for Jerry. Thank you so much, Jerry, for joining us, man. This is the gift to Jericho on Twitter. He's the best, <laughs> the authority on all things film. That's right. Yes. yes. Thank you, Thank you so you much, Jerry. Thanks, Jerry. All right. Um, yeah, I think, to, again, you think about Christopher Nolan movies. Each one has a scene. I think Dark Knight, you think of the truck scene flipping over. Um, you think, uh, like in terms of spectacle, I'm saying here. Um, yeah. You think of the plane crashing in and Tenet. Inception, you think of the hallway rotating. I mean, this bomb scene, I think, is up there with all of them. And maybe that's a discussion for another day. But, man, it's hard to think of a a, a scene that ha- had me – every now and then I think, like, am I going to go to the movies and see something I feel like I've never seen before? And I, I worry mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, I think sometimes the CGI movies, we kind of are like, well, in the world of CGI, I can see whatever. Like, so how will I get my breath taken away? I, Nick, I know yeah. you're a big uh, CGI critic. Yeah. Uh, but me and Boyle, right? Like, I had the pleasure of being to Boyle's left while you were to his right. Mm. When we knew that the detonation scene was coming up, we both kind of sat up, changed our posture, mm-hmm. and leaned forward. We're like, let's do this. Like, it, it's time. And we kind of gave each other the look. The nod, like, this is why we paid to come see this movie. And I'm going to say it. I uh, lived up. Lived up to the hype for me. Um, just the detail that went into it, just the culmination of everything. Like, we're two hours into the movie. This is what everyone's working towards. We're paying attention to every character. The tension was so high. Right. Oh my God. And then their decision to go devoid of sound, right? Like it was dead silent. And all you can hear is heavy breathing. 
So much so that I was conscious of my own breathing. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, I don't want people to hear me breathing and like be distracted by that. So like, and I was like, how long do I have to do this? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and then when they, you know, have it all just culminate, come together, mm-hmm. sound, visuals, and the realization, like, yes, you've worked so hard for this for years. Your life's work is coming together. You've achieved what you set out to do and also realizing what you've done, mm-hmm. like the destruction behind it and like towing the line. And that's why I say that like for Christopher Nolan, like this is his best movie since like the dark Knight, where you just, you're so invested and everything is just like, everything mattered. Everything was so just elite, just visuals, storyline, character arc, yeah. all this. I cared. He made me care for three hours straight. Mm-hmm. That scene was yeah. totally worth the price of admission. Absolutely. It all came together. It almost felt like I was exhausted. Like, whoa, we did it. I didn't do anything. I just sat there. But I felt like, wow, we did it. And, and I, I feel, yeah, go ahead. Nope, keep going. Well, no, you go, because uh, I was going to ask you a question, but you go. I was going to say that, you know, <clears throat> I had a very interesting conversation with my mom. And we were talking about the, the our Barbenheimer experience. And, you know, she's like, so what would you think? So I gave her my reviews on both. But what I said was, you know, they're the type of moviegoer. They only want to go to the movie for a certain type of movie, right? They want to go to something that's worth that big blockbuster because they don't go often. So they were trying to contemplate like, oh, well, maybe we should go see Mission Impossible. They like the series. That should be it. And I said, well, let me tell you this. I said, Mission Impossible is going to give you this time what we've already gotten. You're going to see the action. You're going to see the stunts that are done by him. Stunts done by him. Let me clarify. But you've seen it and you've done it and it's cool and it's good, but you could do that at home this time. And it's okay. I said, this movie, I said, this movie will take your breath away. I said, this movie, just to be able to see it. And as we are lucky in 17 States to be one of only those States that has a true IMAX experience. You go see this movie in IMAX because it, I said, it is forever going to change film in better ways. Like it, it will always be used as like Jerry was saying, like, is this that next citizens came? Like, is this like the, 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 this is just one of those groundbreaking movies. And that explosion in itself was just so like, wow. Okay. You know, at first I was like, was it under, I'm like, but there's no underwhelmingness about it. Like just with the, the visuals, the sound in that theater is just, it's just breathtaking. Cinema and, and on top, on top of the visuals, on top of the sound, like on top of how epic everything is, the story, the acting, yes, yeah, the characters. Like yeah. at the same time, we have the explosion scene, but all of the like deposition or arbitration scenes, like when they're in like a tiny room and. He's getting berated by opposing counsel or like him. It's all like very intimate. So it's like we're intimate and then like way back out, like epic scenes. And it's like come back in, like mm-hmm. the drama 
like between it, it's just unbelievable. Like the tightrope that they could do between us and like how much scenes in the beginning matter at the end. Like they tie like right back in. Yeah. I, I, I Again, to me, it's very hard to complain about a movie like this. Same. It's very reminiscent of portrait of a lady on fire oh. where like yeah. when I walked away from a movie, I was like, I, I don't know what to tell you other than like, this is art. Like yeah. this is perfect. Yeah. Wow. That's it. Yeah. No, that's honestly, this. I had a similar feeling as I did after watching that movie. Like, man, that's a, that's a movie capital M movie. Um, I, Boyle, I want to ask you this because I, I realized going into this movie that I did not want to be the annoying guy that read the book and, and talked into your ear throughout the entire movie. I only did that one time because I was like, this is very important. You got to pay attention to this part. As someone yep. who didn't read anything about it or didn't know any of the people involved, me personally, I thought this movie did a fantastic job of me being able to keep track of all these different characters. How yeah. was that for this movie? Because this is a loaded cast. And I think having famous people in these roles actually makes it a little bit easier to remember who the characters are. Yes. From your perspective, what was that like trying to keep track of? Like, there's like, honestly, like, 20 people that are important in this movie like that's wild yeah i don't i think being able to <laughs> all right honestly i think some of it you kind of like you do that thing where you like look at a character and just associate it as like okay when rami comes on like he's gonna do that like i was i didn't recognize the name of doctor to person or whoever was who yeah I think you don't have enough time in the movie. One take to right, like, uh, like to me, uh, Josh Peck is the one who was in charge of yeah. either killing the, the new test or not. Like, like I yeah. feel so bad about that, but like, yeah, I'm sorry. To I, me, like, it's, it's Josh from Drake and Josh. I don't and I was, like, he was in charge of the new, he was in yeah. charge of like, if it did, went under a certain thing, he had to stop it. Like no problem. Uh, yeah. Buddy. yeah. Yeah. So I think like it was, I don't think this is a movie or a story that you could sit there and remember every single person's name. But again, I also think that's why it makes it so interesting, right? The fact that Nolan can make you interested in all of these people and their reactions to one mm -hmm. scene because they've all played a part in it and you're still just so sucked into it. Um, yeah. I mean, like we said before, I, I came into this knowing nothing, nothing, nothing besides what we learned in high school about it. Right. So, um, I felt it told a well, cool like story. In high school, in high school, they don't talk about Oppenheimer. They don't. No, but I'm saying, like you're just talking about, like that the atomic bomb got dropped. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, no, we don't know the story. We don't get any of it. So, I I just feel like it was it was interesting to learn and interesting to see. And as one of my friends who saw it, he just gave it a ten out of ten, and he said the same thing. Like, um, he said it was just so great the way that they did his character. He said, um, he is the, my friend, Matt, he said, I'm going to say 10 out of 10 for Oppenheimer, but I can see your longevity critique. Nolan has perfected the use of separate time periods interspersed throughout the film. But I feel that it does justice to Oppenheimer in a way that most people outside of historians in the scientific community would not see otherwise. They took the uh, he took a class on him and the project in college, and he thought they did a really great job with the historical aspects while still while still giving him that humanism and that like what he did and what he created. Like you know, he thought that, that was pretty accurate and well done. So I just find like that was kind of cool. Like I took it in in that moment, and 
It was just, it was, I learned a lot, but I also feel like I really want to watch it again. Cause I think again, with subtitles, I'm thinking I'm going to take more away this time. So oh, or a second. I'm so with you on the subtitles, uh, but also yeah. boy, like to your point, like historically, uh, to me, you know, history also like interesting at the same time. That was amazing. Like it was very accurate mm-hmm. from the materials that I've read. Yeah. Like, th- like this is how like stuff like actually happens. And we've watched uh, historical pieces before, like, you know, kind of stuff like that's so where like, okay, like this is more dramatic. Like, uh, you know, stuff like really didn't go this way. But with this film, really like they went close to the source material and still made it like, you know, entertaining and yeah. like appeasing, which I think is to me, it's, it's wildly impressive and just like unbelievable. That's why like, I, I love this movie. Yeah. They could have easily mm-hmm. taken shortcuts to like, try to make it like, Oh no, it was so they were pulling lines straight from the book, which was probably straight from real life. And Made it interesting. Right. Like, so his, historically, like the stuff, uh, so pre movie, Boyle specifically said, like, hey, like, don't, like, don't tell me, like, what's going to happen. But yep. with President Truman, like, that exchange, like, happened. And I was so jacked up that they, like, included that. Yeah. And in real life, he was super nervous to talk to the president because when he got, at that point in his life, when he got in front of, people that he knew had more power than him, he would just kind of like get nervous and say the wrong thing and mess up. And I think in a weaker movie, Oppenheimer Oppenheimer would have delivered like this speech being like, you know what? I regret doing this and blah, blah, blah. No, he, he played it like, uh, I feel like I have blood on my hands because that's what he said. And yeah. then it's but, like, yeah. like, to me, like, I feel like, you know, he says, I feel like I have blood on my hands. And then just for Truman to lean in, like take the handkerchief out and say, like you, yeah. like you, He's like dude, like wipe it up. Yeah, they're not gonna remember yeah. you. They remember me. Like, the thing, like, I know this is a spoiler point too, but like he literally said, he was like, "Get that crybaby out of my like yeah. office." He's like, "I don't want to see him again." I'll see that crybaby yeah. again. Yeah. Um, lo- two more things I want to add. One, Ludwig Gorenson, fantastic soundtrack. I can't wait to listen to it more. It's available on streaming services. Two actors I wanted to shout out: Alden Ehrenreich. And David Crumholtz, I thought were great in this movie. Um, David Crumholtz playing his friend Robbie, uh, the scientist he met in, um, I think it was like Austria or, or I think back or in Germany. Oh yeah, back in the twenties. And uh, Alden Ehrenreich, the guy who was like uh, basically what in uh, what's his face is Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, Louis Straw's uh, like office. He's kind of like oh, a, like his uh, yeah, yeah, his yeah. guy. Yeah, his guy. Uh, he was great. Uh, those two were both. Good. I, I'm going to disagree with you, and I think Boyle's going to agree with me. Mm. Uh, our favorite character that came out of nowhere, Casey Affleck. <laughs> you guys were high fiving each other. You guys Dude, were jacked up. I, I, I was just was like, I was like, give him a nomination right now. <laughs> I mean, he, he, he by the bomb. <laughs> he he played the perfect psychopath. He did a good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, if you and super movie, intimidating, you gotta too. look into super intimidating, dude. You know, like he, like, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, how about a shout out to Matt Damon? Um, Matt, Matt Damon, Damon did a phenomenal job. 
that phenomenal job. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sneaky, uh, the only comic relief. He was yes. funny. Yep. He was. He had the funny like, lines. Uh, one, of the, one of the funny moments, just like, oh, what are you going to do? <laughs> like, oh, we'll kill him. Yep. Haha, <laughs> kidding. Nah, kidding. But like, like, I mean, yeah, he he was good. He was fun. Yeah, he was. Um, I I do like, and again, the realism of the movie. Leslie Groves at the end of the uh in in the end of the line isn't like, Oppenheimer is a good man. You should clear his security. Thing. No, that's not how it went in real life. See, and, and you know what? And that's what I really love about the color contrast when they go black and white versus, you know, in color. Mm. And they explain that in color was like what Oppenheimer thinks he is. And then black and white was literally black and white. And like how Mm -hmm. the real world was talking about stuff. Yeah. Um, Ah, What a movie. I can't wait to see it again. Are we going to talk about the um, Florence Pugh nude scene? No. All right. So my final score is a nine out of 10. This is the strongest nine I could ever give without giving it a 10. The only reason why I don't give it a 10 is that I almost am like kind of like saving tens for movies that like stab my heart basically and, and almost bring me to tears with how much I love it. Um, but it's like a nice one. Like I, I absolutely love Ro- it. Rojas, let me get out in front of this one too. I give this the hardest nine and a half mm. I could possibly give. It's not, it's not perfect, but it's, it's so close. Um, yeah. I just, there were points in the movie where I'm just like, okay, like, eh, eh, eh. It's like one of those where like, it's so close to being perfect that you kind of like want to nitpick it. And like, I found the nitpick. You're like, I can't, I can't, so, uh, this can't be happening. This has to have something wrong with it. Can't do, yeah. I can't do it. Like nine and a half, like, Hey, uh, dancing high tower, like, you know, free hot dogs for life. No drinks though. <laughs> can't do it. Um, I wish I understood that reference. The other guys. Ah, okay. That's Dude, what? what? I do not know that reference. I've seen that movie like you two or three times. I haven't seen it like five times. You don't remember this? Dude, this is my favorite scene. The hot dog guy, he goes, he goes, dance in the high tower, free hot dogs for life. The crowd's like, like, yeah. And he goes, no drinks though. Can't do it. Can't do no it. drinks. And I was like, oh. hey, can't do it. Boo. Boyle, uh, man, that I do remember that. Mark, part. speaking of, dude, I, I saw this gif and it was for golf, and it said, "It's when it's when they look at each other in the beginning, they're like aim for the bushes." Aim and the, the bushes. quote at the top said, "When you and your boys start at hole one, <laughs> aim, for the, aim for the bushes." Boyle, what was your score for it? Um, I'm giving this a hard nine. Yeah, I mean, it it was very well done. Um, I know we didn't get super into it. We got a little cut off. Jerry had to run, but like I did find the movie was just a little bit long, just a little bit, a little bit. Um, there was a part right around the, it was, it was kind of the end of the first beginning of second, um, act. Uh, yeah. Like a third of the movie. And I don't know. There was just something and there was so much dialogue and back forth that I kind of got a little like almost like overwhelmed. Like I almost wish that was my like, Okay, I could have paused, run to the bathroom, little drink break. Now I'm back and sitting down because that's when I felt like a little overwhelmed. So I almost like kind of zoned out. Mm. But besides that, I mean, then from like, okay, you knew you almost knew like it's test time. 
And really the third act after the test, because I felt like the test was almost the, the end of the Trinity test was the end of the second act. And then the third act was like the case that followed. I just thought it was really well done from there on. But there was that part and in the beginning, you're still so into it and excited. But it was that like first to second transition that kind of lost me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, again, like we said, everything Nolan, he just did it again. This movie, this movie's going to get Oscar nominations and should. And I think um, it's going to not only get Oscar nomination, I think it's going to just absolutely clean up like it's nobody's business. Yeah. And I, I won't complain. I, I just don't see how anybody else has an argument against them. I we well, we don't know what's going to come out. I will say for now, this is the top runner. But one, we don't know what's coming out, and two. You could be right for other reasons, like the writer strike, because if a lot of theaters, I, I don't I mean, think a lot the of writer strike is going to influence. Let me finish. Like, let the me immediate come up. I'm sorry, I'm interrupting. Because sorry. <laughs> because if the production companies don't put out the movies that we normally would have seen, be contenders for the Oscars, like if Dune Two doesn't come out right mm-hmm. and that's pushed, then yes, Oppenheimer is going to stay in that front runner the whole time, as well as you know, like we just said. Barbie for some other little nominations and there will be others, right? Some movies still will come out, but depending on what that strike could do and lead to with production companies, putting out certain movies and not putting out certain movies will also determine, I think how well Oppenheimer comes because sometimes a movie comes out of nowhere. We had no idea was coming. And then we're like, Oh, that actually wasn't, wasn't terrible. It was a good movie. I I agree with you uh, to an extent. I just think that the writer strike is not going to impact movies until uh, like the next Oscar cycle. Well, and he That's is, what I think. He is speaking about how Warner Brothers is considering pushing Dune 2. Um, they just which released would, it. Which would impact its chances for this year's Oscars. Because it wouldn't come out until 2024, they said. Yeah. That's what, that, boy, yeah. That's what you're saying, right? Yes. That was yeah. your argument? Yeah. Okay, I, you know, then... Yeah, so I, I agree with that's Boyle. what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that will be well, that's what that's matchup. what I'm saying. That'd be an interesting. Like, matchup. I, I think like Oppenheimer is so good, and especially with like the strike coming up and like all this, like why would you want to go up against that? Like, like yeah. as good as your movie can be, like, do you really want to go toe to toe with like Oppenheimer? <laughs> like, there's, there's so many good things about this movie. If you're Warner yeah. Brothers, I think you just say, you know what? Let's push Dune two to next year. We'll put our yeah. marketing so, behind Barbie. So for I Oscars. saw this. You, no, go for it. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt again. I'm I'm being so rude, but no. uh, I saw on Twitter today that Warner Brothers prepared for this and went like all out with their like Barbie push. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that sound right? Yeah, so that yeah. makes sense. So I I think they're just like they're all in on Barbie and they're just. They're going to delay everything else. So Universal is Oppenheimer. Warner Brothers is Barbie. Killers of the Flower Moon is, um, I think, the other one that is going to be up for acting nominations and probably directing just because it's yep. Scorsese. Um, yep. That movie is being distributed by not only Apple Apple TV Plus, but theatrically by Paramount. Um, so I think Apple is going to release this movie regardless and put their strength behind this movie for Oscars. So I think that's going to be the race that we see towards the end of this year. Um, You know, if anything else comes out between now and then, you know, that I'm not listing off right now, um, it is what it is, but it's going to be, I I 
for my money, Oppenheimer is my best picture. Uh, just going into this. Oh, uh, by far. Second to half me, of the year. I, I don't think it's close. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No disrespect. I don't to see you. anything competing with it. Yeah. But um, I think it's going to clean up uh, almost like annoyingly so. They're just going to keep saying uh, Oppenheimer for this award. Sound editing, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Score, Oppenheimer. Yeah. Best original yeah, song. I think, it's that, I think it's that good. I, I mean, I when we were looking, good. Nick, when we were looking at your top movies the other day, for what's going against it, there's nothing. Like yeah. a lot of movies we talked about before the summer, we said a lot of movies we had seen so far were not flops, but didn't do as great as we expected them to, including Mission Impossible. So I really feel like this is just there. Like this is the movie. This could be. I'm so glad that Boyle just brought up Mission Impossible. Um, Mission Impossible was severely hurt by Fast X coming out before it. Yeah. No. And too many comparisons. Too. It's way too similar, and also um, their decision to show like a ton of behind the scenes like before the movie instead of like previews mm-hmm. it, it it affected our viewing like we like we basically saw how they filmed scenes right before we saw them yeah and i think it's going to be a big detriment on mission impossible mission impossible is almost like an afterthought there it is yeah for this year it, the oppenheimer took all the large format screens so all right let's uh Let's wrap up the show. Wrap again, this up. I want to thank yeah. Jerry, Jerry yeah. again for coming on. It's always great. He needs to come back on again. Again, if you're listening to our show, throw him a follow. Check out because he he sees movies like we're talking one to two times a week and gives his reviews. Yeah. So uh, and he does great little clips too that like just sum it up, give you his score, and like he's definitely a good trustable source for these movies. He absolutely is. Jerry uh, Jerry is the best. Follow on Twitter, follow him on Instagram. He's going to see whatever movie you're interested in and he'll give you a score, you an score. objective score. Objectively. Um, all right. But yeah, this was Barbenheimer. Guys, thank you so much for doing this episode today. Thank you so much, everyone who listened. Hope everyone enjoyed the experience. So for Nick Boyle, Mark Sisso, I'm Nick Rojas saying so long. We'll see you next time. Bye, Barbie. Bye. Bye, bye, bye Ken. Ken. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. <laughs>